I have such mad respect yeah. for those that sleep quickly. You know, like my, my dad. I, I'm watching the Cowboys game with him on Sunday. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a good game. There's neat, There's good things, exciting. exciting things happening. And there's my dad with his eyes closed. And it happens like that. And he, he can start snoring within seconds of his eyes closing. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I wish I had that. Because I can lay in bed for an hour trying mm-hmm. to go to sleep. And I have all Not these me. mental exercises. I go out quick. It's a clear conscience. I'm out. <laughs> Is that what it is? Yeah, is that no what you're guilt. claiming? Yeah, you have... A past, so uh, yeah, I I I kind of justify it in my own mind as of just you the do. speed with which the brain operates. Self justification. Yeah, you have little to think it's about, so boom, thing. you're out. I think the Bible talks about self justification, doesn't it? Does it? Does it? Well, well, it should. And then what Bugs Bunny says? Habitat, habitat. No. What? Nothing. This Sorry. Bugs. Man, no, there is no. That was no Elmer con- Fudd. That's who it was. Habitat. Man, you watch different cartoons than I did. Yes, of course. Yes. But regardless, I'm sure that you're right. I'm sure that you're right. You squoey wabbit. I remember that one. Yeah. Be quiet. I'm hunting rabbits. I remember that one. Shh. (laughs) (laughs) Be very, very quiet. Well, Ronnie, it's good to be back in the podcast studio after a few weeks off with the holidays. If memory serves, the last time we were together, we talked about Enter the Danger, which for those who haven't listened to that episode, we are going... What are you waiting for? <laughs> we're going <laughs> to, over the next several podcasts, we're going to just spend a little bit of time talking through the cultural statements that we have put in place as a staff, yes. which really answers the question of how we're going to work together. The reason why this is such a big deal is that in our experience working with churches, with a lot of churches through the years, one thing that becomes evident that every church has a culture and 99% of them are accidental. (laughs) They're not deliberate. It just happens. You have a lead pastor who leads like a tyrant. So that's the way the organization functions, but they don't deliberately sit down, think about and plan. What are the boundaries that we're going to place upon our staff? The healthy boundaries as God has provided for us in so many ways. We need to provide to our staff to just define how we're going to function. The likelihood of having an accidental healthy culture is very small. Could it be saying the same as drifting? No one drifts anywhere. No one good. drifts anywhere good. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly just right. Letting culture run on its own yeah. typically doesn't turn out so well. Yeah. Or another one is that the only things that are natural in an organization are death and decay. Yeah. Everything else requires deliberate work. Yes. So if we're going to have a healthy culture, which I think is just a human desire, we want it, but it's kind of like a healthy marriage. Yeah. Who's teaching us how to have a healthy marriage? Where are we seeing healthy marriages? Yeah. There's just not as many examples as there once were in marriage. I mean, we have the highest single parent birth rate today than ever in history and more than any other place on the planet. Wow. Why do we think we're struggling with marriages in our country and Mm. massive divorce rates? Yeah. Well, the parallel is very clear on churches as well, that there just aren't a tremendous number of examples of healthy church culture and people that are willing to talk about it some. Well, I've got a good friend that's a consultant in our state and uh, he works with churches and his comment is, reflects that. He says, I will never run out of work. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> go, there are plenty of unhealthy churches that need help. So 
never going to lose my job. There are all kinds of difficulties. Sad to say. You know, just a, a callback to an episode we did with Todd Bolsinger, right? Yeah. He has that phrase in Canoeing the Mountains that if you've entered a life of ministry, then you have entered a life of suffering. Yeah, that should be a bumper sticker. It should be. Now, the point of that for today's podcast is we're going to hone in, circle in on another one of our value statements. And most of these, you and I did not sit in a room and just write them. We have right. borrowed these from authors, yes. right? Yeah. So this one really comes from Dr. Tim Elmore. I saw him speak on this and thought, wow, this is something that we have got to have in our staff culture, which is develop crocodile skin. Yeah. And as he describes it, he says, you know, just the facts that the hide or leather of a crocodile is the toughest animal skin on planet Earth. Wow. And he suggests that you need to be as tough as that. Yeah. So surely, Ronnie, there's some failed thinking in this. I mean, ministry is happy, happy, joy, joy. We get together, <laughs> we share the gospel, people's lives are changed forever. I mean, it's yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, in a perfect world, yes. But we often say churches are difficult places to serve, to be in, to volunteer, which is interesting. We that could be a great study of why. Why are churches difficult places? Why do people who are claiming to be Christ followers so easily get at odds? become hurtful, willing to cause great pain and suffering with other brothers and sisters in Christ. At the most base level here, again, I'm just, I'm thinking about pastors that are listening to this wondering why in the world are they talking about it? But the reality is that if you're leading a group of people, it doesn't matter how big it is, it could be your own family unit. Yes. The problems you have in leading your own family, just extrapolate based on size and scale in any other organization. And when you are leading people you are making people mad. Yeah. There's no way to get around this. Right. I was grateful as part of the conversation that took place in the church world post-COVID or going through COVID. Yeah. Remember, lots of online podcasts and webinars and conferences were talking about, in this moment in time, it doesn't matter what decision you make, you're going to make a bunch of people mad no matter what you decide. Yeah. And they were relating that to COVID, but the truth is that is that's true of everything. Yeah, even people that are people pleasers, which I think a lot of pastors are. They want everyone to like them and like their decisions. But those who are people pleasers typically end up hurting people more because they're trying to balance everything and and they're not taking a hard stand. So they say one thing to somebody and something else to someone else. And they just cannot, they just try to play the middle all the time. And that's not being a leader. You're going to have to make hard statements at times and people are going to disagree with you. And it's easy to take all that personal. I mean, and I think, as we talked about before, a lot of ministers are insecure about who they are as a leader, uh, their, how good they are at what they do. And so it just takes a little comment to totally shatter someone's confidence that they built up. Well, let's strike the nail flush to the plank. Let's prove to people that ministry is hurtful and painful. <laughs> We're going to share stories. Let's share some stories. <laughs> Well, I remember some of the more simple things. The very first church I ever served, there was a gentleman there who just liked to get nose to He was a big retired military guy, commander type person. Yeah. And he would meet me in the parking lot after church. Ooh. And he would get nose to nose with me, although he was a foot taller than I was. <laughs> and our conversations often ended when he was poking me in the chest with his finger. Oh, wow. Explaining to me the error of my ways. Yeah, that's not okay. It's not okay. Getting hurt in church is not okay no matter how you spin it. Yeah. But for me to say, well, you know, that didn't bother me. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's insane. That did yeah. bother me deeply, yeah. right? 
And so how do you be tough enough, which honestly, I think is one of the biggest challenges in younger ministers today. Yeah. Is how can you be tough enough and prepare yourself to be tough enough to one, deflect the arrows of the enemy, yeah. which come from all sides, even those that care about us. Yeah. <laughs> but then beyond that, and I think maybe a secondary issue that you might speak to some is how do you not internalize these yeah. and not take them personal to where you'd lose sleep over it at night? Well, and I had a pastor that I served with, and his phrase was like, water off a duck's back. Mm-hmm. You know, this had just water off, just let it go. Well, and that's great, and that's a, a good posture to develop, but you've got to, the way that you can do that, you've got to have some kind of outlet somewhere. Because like you said, those things really do hurt. And, and crocodile skin doesn't mean, like, doesn't mean you act like it doesn't or just say, oh, that, that was no big deal. No, but you've got a, a, a way to vent. You've got a way to release that so you don't hold that grudge. And then you just become callous of heart, not crocodile skin. Your heart becomes cold towards people, and that's, that shuts down ministry. That reminds me, remember last week when you said that thing to me, <laughs> since we are having the airing of grievances, I thought, we yeah. might, is this a good time to yeah, go through that? that? That would be perfect. I'm, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what I hear you saying is one, just a, a genuine recognition that you're going to get hurt in ministry, that you can't process that alone. Right. You need others around you. Yeah. So you need a network before you have the pain. Yeah. So you need to be in relationship with other ministers yeah. that you can go talk to and just say, hey, man, this happened. Have you ever heard of something like this? And well, they'll laugh and you go, ah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you Let me my show scar. you my yeah. scar. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, and that's, again, that's, that's going to happen. And having those people around you that, I mean, we read recently in a book, everybody has a blind spot. We've talked right. about that. And to have loving people help you recognize your blind spot. Because someone who doesn't love you so much is going to find it. You know, but if you've already been prepared. So in, a, in addition to be able to go say, hey, what this person said to me really hurt. I need to talk to somebody about it. Right. But also somebody's kind of got you on their radar. Like, yeah, there's, there's some things I see you might need to shore up a little bit. So it, you're not open for attack of others. So I, I made a comment about young people in ministry. Uh, it's not unnatural for young people without a tremendous amount of experience or knocks or yeah. bumps and bruises yeah. to have an idealistic view of how this is all supposed to be and to get offended, hurt, and sometimes crushed yeah. by their first experience in, in vocational ministry, right? Because yeah. they're just not ready for it. They don't right. expect it. So part of that is just being young and inexperienced. But another layer of it, I think, Ronnie, is just the way that young people are coming up today, the incredible pressures of social media yes. and oh. the endless lack of access to knowledge whether it's healthy or otherwise, yeah. right? It's almost like their kids are growing up with a limitless perspective on what the world is and everything that can be, yeah. which on one hand is healthy, but on another hand yeah. is so uh, utopian that yeah. when they encounter a challenge, they get a participation trophy yeah, right. uh, instead of going home and just recognizing, hey, we yeah. got, we, we lost. Not only we lose, we got crushed yeah. in this game. They <laughs> killed us. We had no... We had no reason to be on the field against these people. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that means I should be better next year. Yeah. Right? So that I'm seeing that a lot, in particular in young ministers that make a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. Right? Sure. That they've never encountered pushback or resistance or anyone being opposed to their thoughts. Yeah. And so when they're met with that, there can be a massive overreaction to it, or they have no way to just process it. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all need to be able to take constructive criticism, 
I mean, to admit there are things we areas we need to grow in, but a lot of this is not constructive. It's just criticism, right? And to expect that and know how to respond in the moment, I think that's one of the hard parts. Like, well, that person really caught me off guard. I didn't know what to say, right? And then so you take that and you let it kind of fester and grow. So having again a place to release that, but a lot of that just comes from experience. And there's even unintentional things, right? I mean, I can tell you when somebody comes to join my church, hey, do you know Pastor Bob over at so and so church? That's where we used to go, but now we moved to this area, so we're coming. He's the greatest pastor I've ever known. You know, his sermons are just fantastic. I've never heard anybody preach any better. Like we've been sitting in my church for three months. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you're a bonehead. And they are a bonehead. They don't think about, oh wow, that's not a nice right. thing to say. But you take that and internalize it, like, okay. Then you put that person in a category of jerk. So I, well, and I think you're right. Sometimes it is just accidental. Yeah. Right. Like I was at a new church and speaking to a large group of people for the very first time. Yeah. And afterwards, a gentleman walks up to me and he says, you know what? That wasn't near as bad as I thought it was going to (laughs) be. What? Yeah. I don't think he's a jerk. Good. Right? I just don't think he measured his words. He did not, as as I've heard you talk about and use scripture to support it, that a wise man thinks before he speaks. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Not everyone does. Yeah. Well, let's talk about just some of the pains that we have had because I want people to practically understand what we're talking about. What is a hurt? Why do you have to have crocodile skin? So let me throw one out that every single lead pastor has had happen to them. Okay. One of the pains that is common to every single lead pastor is that when someone leaves their church, they take it exceptionally personally. I mean, how do you not? And so how do you deal with something that I've heard many times, not because I'm preaching, because I've heard it said to pastors, hey, I've been at your church for a super long time. I've really dug it. I've invested heavily, but you know what? I'm not getting fed anymore. You're not, your preaching is not mature enough for where I'm at in my life. And so it's time for us to go. How do you deal with that? Well, uh, you know, especially early on in ministry and trying to understand what it means to be a, a pastor, that, that human side comes out. And so you get very defensive. That person kind of puts themselves in the, in the enemy category, uh, like you're attacking me and my gifts and my, you know, my training and all this. And so that first response is you feel the hair on the back of your head stand up and oh, your yeah. fists start to tighten. Oh, yeah. And you feel like, I'm going to take this guy out. And that that's a cop-out. I mean, come on, tell me what you're really talking about. But through wisdom and experience, you learn in that moment. There's probably some more behind that comment. And that's probably going to take a longer conversation than you have time for right then. Again, the phrase that we often use here in conflict moments that happen because a lot of these do happen on a Sunday morning right. when you're busy. Right. You've got people around, you know, as we talk about, like in the NFL, it's always the second guy who swings that gets the yellow flag. Right. If you respond, other people are going to hear it. And so that statement of that's not a Sunday morning conversation. That's a Monday morning conversation or basically saying, let's pick a time this week to get together. Right. And just say, you know, don't have time to deal with that. Love to talk to you more about it. And so you, you're calm, right? Cause it, it also is a test of how you're going to respond to that. They know that's a buzz statement, you know, that pastors hate to hear. So even in that moment, trying to infuriate you, you, you remain calm, pastoral, yeah. and say, let's, let's spend some time talking about that. And it gives you a chance to dig. Is there something deeper? Is there a hurt that's there? One thing that I've learned to do, and it's really hard, but I've really tried to force myself to do this when people come at me with these types of things, yeah. uh, conflict statements. 
complaints, criticism. I try super, super hard to always say thank you. The first thing I say, thank you. Thank you for coming to me with this. Right? It could be the most ludicrous thing that I've ever heard in my life, but I try to say thank you because it's disarming. Because when you say thank you to someone, the natural human response is, well, you're welcome. And now all of a sudden, uh uh-oh. You know, it just disarms, right? <laughs> and disorients, and, yeah. th- and then we get into, for me, hey, let, let's schedule a time to get yeah. together and talk about this a little bit more. Yeah. One of the things that you taught me that I really do value also, because I think it's important for church health, is mm. that you said a long time ago to me that we do not chase after people. Now, the context of that is what you were really saying. That's just a little phrase. Yeah. But what you were saying is that we don't chase after people who leave. Yeah, yeah. When they made up their mind, trying to convince them that they were wrong, trying to talk them out of it or just give us a little more time, you know, first of all, there's going to be a temptation for you to try to meet what they didn't like and fix that, which may not be wrong. It may not be what you need to do. And it does, you hate to say it this way, it gives them a little bit of leverage. It does. Because you're trying, and it also feeds to one of our weaknesses as ministers is that we want people to like us. We want to please people. We want to help them. And so we have to avoid increasing the damage because for me personally, every single person, I can, I can literally list you 10 names right now of people who left the church I was serving yeah. and went off and did something else and finally decided, hey, I want to come back. Yeah. And so they come back and it's yeah. not good. No, it's not. It, it, it rarely turns out to be okay. And then there's more damage caused and then they end up leaving anyway. Yes. <laughs> you know, so like, yes. okay, well, that was a bad move. And just learn that through experience. You know, you love them to come back and, and be happy, but they're not happy. So let them go. If they right. come back on their own, that's awesome. That's a good that's point. That's great. Good point. I'll tell you, and there's so many stories of hurts in ministry. If you are not a minister of the gospel and you're hearing this, uh, just know uh, it is unlike any other job in the world. Yeah. Uh, I do think that the stresses that ministers go through are not really any higher than the stresses that someone is experiencing in the corporate world. Well, sure. That's surprising. I, I do think, though— that the corporate world lends to separation yeah. between your work life and your personal life. Yeah. And ministry does not allow that distinction. Yeah. So whatever hurt you have at work yeah. is just more personal than the, the hurts that you get in a corporate job. Yeah. And so I think self-realization is important to realize, okay, I have a tendency to make a mountain out of a molehill. I have a tendency to take those things and those statements. One of the illustrations I've used before is, you know, throughout my career, I've preached maybe two or three, what I would call five-star sermons, you know, where the, the, the deacons come afterwards and they put you on their shoulder and they carry you out. To, everyone's clapping and cheering and the choir singing an anthem. And you get to the back and there's that one little lady that looks up at you and says, you think Jesus would preach without wearing a tie? <laughs> and it doesn't matter all the good things everybody else said. What's going to wake me up at two o'clock in the morning is that little lady thinking, ah, I should have worn a tie. Why didn't I wear a tie? You know? And so, okay, that's my tendency. I, I've got to realize I have that tendency and stop it. Stop Which doing tendency that. is it? The tendency to accentuate the negative or the tendency to want to acquiesce to the desires of people by wearing that tie? Yeah, well, probably both. But, but again, to focus on the negative. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's a battle for ministers. We don't always take time to celebrate the good yes. and, and the things that we have. We're already moving on to the next. I'd press into that a little bit more, the self-realization of understanding as a minister how God made you and living in that 
accepting yeah. that, yeah. right? And recognizing, I mean, what a great confession that Ronnie just made. He's been preaching now for 30 years and he has five superstar messages. How many messages is that that you've written? Yeah. And you got five. Yeah. Well, so that's self-realization. And for me too, to recognize I, Christopher, have a tendency to hide to everyone else. No one sees the pain that I carry personally when one of these things happens. Yeah. Right? I hide it from everyone, but it's still there, and then I don't deal with it. Yeah. And then it festers, and I don't, that's yeah. that's just a tendency that I have that I have to, to wrestle with. Yeah. Because when you do something, as an example, let's say you have a major issue that you need to lead your church through. And so you gather a group of people together. And you invest a couple of years into prayer, into seeking the Lord, into getting wise counsel, to going and looking at what other churches are doing for success to see if that can be brought to your local context. Yeah. I mean, you've invested two years into deep thought in seeking the Lord on an issue. And so you're convinced, a whole group of people convinced that, hey, no, God's been leading us since the beginning. He's led us to this point. Yeah. And now it's time to execute and to make a decision to move on. And to have people who have had zero thought and zero yeah, prayer right. and zero consideration to come up to you and say, off the cuff to say, you know, I don't think that's what God wants. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, in other words, a rejection of something that you have invested deeply into. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that communicates or not, but yeah. that's really hard that's a, for me. That's a tough one. Did I say five sermons? I meant 5,000. Oh, 5,000 sermons. I, didn't, I forgot the zeros. <laughs> oh, man. So th these types of things happen all the time. They happen at high levels where they become brouhaha's in a church. Mm. And so what I think the first thing that we have to do is just accept that getting hurt and being a minister are synonymous. Right. Yes. It is going to happen to you. So now, how do you make sure that you have thick skin because you're going to have conflict with your coworkers? Yeah. Just because you have a pastoral title doesn't mean you're not going to want to have a fist fight with another pastor. <laughs> I mean, we get angry, we get disappointed, we get hurt, and we react. And so measuring that reaction, yeah. how we deal with that is so important, but don't be naive. Right. Accept the fact that it's going to happen. Yeah. And especially among our staff, I have a desire for all pastors to overcome their aloneness mm. and recognize that what they're experiencing is not just unique to them, but yeah. it's unique to the ministry. Yeah. And so I hope those listening are encouraged that you do need to be around others in order to process these things. It's yeah. going to happen to you. And I also hope that church leaders that are listening also take away from these culture conversations that we're having is that you've got to have a set culture for your team. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to have people that play hurt all the time, yeah. whether it's the tortured artist right. or the savant, yeah. right? Mm. A misunderstood savant. Yeah. I know more about ministry than you could <laughs> ever know, right? Yeah. Or the insecure pastor. Well, and we all battle that, right? Yeah. Uh, but you've got to create a culture. You've got to have these statements. And so when, when we say just to people, and I know sometimes it comes across perhaps a little hard yeah. that uh, we remind our staff about these cultural statements regularly. Right. You have to. And when a problem comes up and people are at aught with each other yeah. to be reminded, hey, we have to have crocodile skin here. Right. You know, if you have a life group leader who's unhappy about a direction that you're going in a group, mm. you, you can't take that personally. Yeah. 
right? You're not the reason they're upset. Yeah. So don't let that become personal. Right. Uh, and then uh, just in our interpersonal relationships, let's all take a little bit of a chill pill <laughs> and not get so angry with each other. Yep. So do you have dinner plans? Oh, yes. But we're not done. I, <laughs> no. Drew, when we get done here, keep it rolling. I've got some... Some thing I need to talk to Ronnie about. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll he'll ask for forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, man, it is it is a joy. I, I'll I'll even say this, please. Nearly all of the ministers of the gospel that I have worked with all enter a new church with a set of baggage, mm. and it's generally while we only talk about the good things, which is why we hire them. Right. We try to ignore the painful baggage. We've seen that here even recently, right? Whether it is, let's say you and I are in a meeting in a glass bowl room that we have, one of our conference rooms, yeah. right? And we're whiteboarding a bunch oh. of stuff <laughs> on the board, right? Yes. I guarantee every department head on our staff that walks past that and sees that yeah. is going to feel a tug in their heart, yeah. whether it's from God or from the devil, <laughs> uh, it does, but they're going to feel it. Yeah. And it's going to be, why am I not in the room? Yeah. What are they talking about me? They're what's going on me. in there? Are they reordering the staff? Yeah. You know, are, are, are we having layoffs or what, what's happening? Yeah. And that is not something that they learned except through bad experience yeah. and painful experience. I would love to have one of our listeners send a note in, call me directly and tell me their story <laughs> that they have never been hurt and crushed in their ministry career. Yeah. I've not met one. Yeah. That's why we're in that glass bowl room and one of them walks by. I love to shake my head no when they're staring at me. Like, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Just man. Just a little fear. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Crazy Pastors. If you would like to leave a review or share this with a friend, that would mean so much to us. A special thank you to our producer, Michael Glenn, and our engineer and editor, Drew Broyles, who make us way better than we actually are. Peace out. <laughs> Later. You know, crocodile skin makes great boots and luggage. So, another illustration as to why. <laughs> what? Yeah. Well, I mean, you want something tough, right? You want good boots oh, and good oh, luggage. Oh. So, that yes. kind of gives the idea in case people don't know what a crocodile is. <laughs> <laughs>